Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is June 20th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me blog and we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 23 because Luke's going to give us a detail that we don't see in John. And it's an important detail, especially when we're trying to understand Pilate and the Savior's interaction with him. After questioning the Savior in Luke chapter 23, this is what we see about Pilate. Starting in verse 3, it says, And Pilate asked him, saying, Art thou the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, Thou sayest it. Now that's a little bit different than we see in John. In John, he says, Are you saying this or are the people saying it about me? But then listen to what happens in verse 4. It says, Then Pilate said unto the chief priests and to the people, I find no fault in this man. So Pilate is recognizing that there is nothing to charge him with, that the priests are just angry, that the people are angry, but that it doesn't merit crucifixion. But listen to what happens next. Verse 5, it says, And they were more fierce, saying, He stirreth up all the people, teaching throughout all Jewry, beginning from Galilee to this place. Now that's interesting because they say he is just stirring everyone up, and it started in Galilee, and now it's down here. And Pilate's ears perk up when he hears Galilee, because it would seem that Pilate is really trying to just kind of pacify everyone. And you can imagine why, right? I mean, the Romans were outnumbered here by the Jews, but they had the weapons and they had the power. And so they kept people repressed. But they also realized probably that if the Jews were to get super angry and riled up, that they might be able to overpower them. And they, I think, feared that a little bit. And it would seem Pilate feared it a little bit because he was wanting to pacify the Jews. He was wanting to keep peace with the chief priests, but also wanting to do his job and to not kill someone who didn't deserve to be killed. And so when he heard the people say Galilee, his ears perked up because all of a sudden he realized his jurisdiction wasn't in Galilee. And so he's thinking, okay, maybe now I have the opportunity to pass this buck to someone else so I don't have to deal with it. Now keep that in mind as we see the rest of this story. It says, when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself was at Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. So let's keep in mind, this Herod that we're talking about here, this isn't the same Herod who killed all the babies when Christ was born, but this is the Herod that killed John the Baptist. And so Herod, all of a sudden, when he realizes that Christ is going to come and be in his court, he gets excited, not because he wants to help or not because he has faith or a testimony, but because he had heard about Jesus and he had heard about the miracles that he had worked. And so he's like, ooh, this will be fun. Let's bring him in and see what kind of miracles he can work for me. And I think the Savior perceiving that motivation, I think that explains how the Savior responds to Herod. Verse 9, it says, Then he questioned with him in many words, but he, meaning the Savior, answered him nothing. And the chief priests and the scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod with his men of war set him at naught and mocked him and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe and sent him again to Pilate. So because the Savior could perceive the purposes of Herod, he didn't answer him at all. And this made Herod angry because how dare this man come into my court and not answer my questions and do the miracles that I'm wanting to see. 
And so, because the chief priest had said, hey, he calls himself the king of the Jews, Herod mocks him and puts him in a robe and then sends him back to Pilate saying, I can't do anything with this guy. Verse 13, and Pilate, when he had called together the chief priests and rulers and the people said unto them, ye have brought this man unto me as one that perverteth the people. And behold, I, having examined him before you, have found no fault in this man touching those things of which ye accused him, nor yet Herod, for I sent you to him, and lo, nothing worthy of death is done unto him. I will therefore chastise him and release him. So Pilate is trying here. I, you have to give him that. Granted, he makes big mistakes, and granted, he's got problems, but he is trying. And he says, look, I don't find any fault in him. I send him to Herod. Herod found no fault in him. So I'm going to give him a slap on the wrist. I'm going to chastise him, but I'm going to release him. And then in verse 17, it says, for of necessity, he must release one unto them at the feast. Now, this is really interesting because according to this verse, part of this Passover feast was releasing a prisoner, which we don't see anywhere in the Old Testament. The first time we hear of this tradition is here in the New Testament, which is really, really interesting. But I like that it's part of the Passover feast because remember Passover, they're celebrating them being released from slavery. And so it makes sense that a prisoner is released at Passover time. It's kind of like the pardoning of the turkey at Thanksgiving, right? And so Pilate's like, I have to release someone to you. So this is what I'm choosing to do. I'm going to chastise Jesus and then I'm going to release him because that's your tradition that I do it. Now, like I said, Pilate is trying here, but Pilate is making a huge mistake. And it's a mistake that I fear that sometimes we are guilty of as well. Here, Pilate clearly found no fault in Jesus Christ. He could see no reason to condemn him. He could see no reason to put him to death. He knew what was right, but he also feared man more than he feared God. He was so worried about what the people would think that he stopped caring about what God would think or what was right and what was wrong. Do we sometimes do that as well? Do we sometimes placate a little bit to the world in order to please the world or in order to keep peace or to not get the world mad at us while forgetting what God thinks is right. Now, don't get me wrong. I do think that we need to not be contentious with the world. I think we need to be careful so that we can maintain our position as peacemakers. That's what President Nelson spoke so much about in conference, right? This idea of not having to go to war over every little thing, even if it goes against our belief. So there's a fine balance there, but we should not adopt the belief of the world in order to please the world. And that's kind of what Pilate is doing here. He kind of washes his hands of everything and adopts the feelings of the Jews rather than standing up for what he knew was right. And if we're not careful, we can fall into that same way of thinking. Elder Lindsay Robbins gave a talk about this called, Which Way Do You Face? And in it, he talks about, do we face the world or do we face God? In this talk, he says, trying to please others before pleasing God is inverting the first and second great commandments. It is forgetting which way we face. And yet we have all made that mistake because of the fear of men. In Isaiah, the Lord warns us, fear ye not the reproach of men. In Lehi's dream, this fear was triggered by the finger of scorn pointing from the great and spacious building, causing many to forget the way they faced and leave the tree ashamed. This peer pressure tries to change a person's attitude, if not behavior, by making one feel guilty for giving offense. 
We seek respectful coexistence with those who point fingers, but when the sphere of men tempts us to condone sin, it becomes a snare. When people try to save face with men, they can unwittingly lose face with God. Thinking one can please God and at the same time condone the disobedience of men isn't neutrality, but duplicity, or being two-faced, trying to serve two masters. My friends, it is important that we don't fall into the same trap that Pilate fell into here. It's vital that we learn to stand firm in our beliefs and in our testimonies, while still figuring out how to be peacemakers with those around us. That is the call from the prophet, and that is the commandment of God, that we love God first and our fellow man next. Figuring out the balance between those two things, figuring out how to love God while loving and keeping peace with man is the test of this mortal existence. But it is a test that it is imperative that we learn and figure out so that we can better follow Christ. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.